Welcome to the Be the Change podcast, a global volunteers production where we will explore people traveling, volunteering, and living outside their comfort zones. Welcome back to this very special episode of the Be the Change podcast. I'm Ruth Curran. And I'm so glad you came back to join me today. In this episode, and in episodes to follow, we'll be exploring topics that are being presented as part of the Reaching Children's Potential program in workshops for families in Tanzania. This first topic is one that affects the health of so many people globally, and one, frankly, we take for granted, and that's hand washing with soap and water. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But honestly, more than 4 million children die every single year from preventable diseases like diarrhea and pneumonia. And about half those deaths could be prevented simply by washing their hands with soap and water. Controlling infectious diseases is a huge issue globally and one that is really worth taking a good hard look at. In today's episode, we have one guest. Her name is Emily Johansson, and Emily was on the first team in Ipalamo, Tanzania. Emily and I had a long conversation about how hand washing was introduced, what that program looked like, and what it might look like for the long run. We also talk about hopes and dreams for health promoting, life promoting, world changing behavior change. A little bit of background will be helpful. This was Emily's first Global Volunteer Service Program, and I recruited Emily to come on this trip with me to come on the first team to Ipalamwa. I knew that Emily's heart was so wanted and needed, and that her perspective on life would take this team to another level. I also knew that this would be a life-changing event for Emily, something that would allow her to see in herself things that the rest of the world sees when they look at her. So my motivations were pretty selfish. I wanted to help the team and I wanted to help Emily. When we first talked about her going on this trip, Emily expressed a desire to teach children. So as we filled out the forms, we geared all the answers toward teaching in the elementary school or doing some kind of setup with tutoring or mentoring programs. As part of the preparation for this first team in Ipalamwa, each team member got a phone call from the CEO of Global Volunteers. During that phone call, he reassigned Emily to a different project, one that took her by surprise. In all fairness, I didn't prepare Emily very well, but there was method to my madness. I knew that the less she knew walking in, the more she would gain walking away. What I considered very little information, which is what we receive as children in the United States um, growing up, is a lot of information for developing countries. Mm -hmm. So new information, new information, Mm -hmm. right? You know, we were raised, we learn, I mean, most of us don't even remember being taught to wash our hands because it's so much a part of our, life, right? It's a, it's like brushing your teeth. It's like getting dressed in the morning. It's like everything else. So I think that we 
or myself, I took for granted knowledge or information that I have that, again, developing countries don't have. So I had more information than I realized that I had going in, but I, I wasn't, didn't have an awareness of that. Some of the statistics about why hand washing is important are jolting. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to put that. Mm-hmm. And we threw the statistics at people. Mm-hmm. Four million children die, right? Four million children under the age of five in developing countries die from pneumonia or diarrhea every year. Every single year. Yeah. Hand washing, the statistic is that hand washing can cut that in half. Hand washing with soap and water, which is another really important thing, is that culturally they'll wash their hands with water. And so it's really important. It's about teaching soap and what soap does because water, as we know, doesn't take off germs and bacteria. And so it's hand washing with soap and water can cut that number in half each year. So you could go from 4 million children to 2 million children, which is still tragic. Yeah. But 2 million children will live every single year right? if they wash their hands with soap and water. Right. So that's very jarring. Yeah. And we presented those facts mm-hmm. to families. What UNICEF found in India, they did they did a project in India, and what they found is that you can throw all these facts at people. Mm-hmm. That's great. But if you talk about how soap makes you smell better, right, allows you to look better, right, allows you to feel cleaner, that's the thing that tips the scales. Right. It's not that, you know, that two million children a year will be safe. It's my hands smell good. Well, that's something instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And it's sure, you can hear a statistic, but it's outside of yourself. So how do you make it personal? Right. You know, I don't have two million children living in my household. Right. Right. Or in my village mm-hmm. or in my awareness. Mm-hmm. It's too big. Right. Too big, too overwhelming. Right. My hands smell good. Right. That's not overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So it's another one of those ways of approaching behavior change from a different angle. Right. That's really effective. You know, you could almost break it up into categories of the different kinds of challenges. If you wanted to say water supply, well, they don't have running water. So there's a big challenge. And if they didn't know what a hand washing station is, then there's cultural norms and washing your hands is not one of them. So anything that's different, even if it's good, is often uncomfortable. Mm. So there's hesitance there to do anything new. It's behavior change. Behavior change, Mm -hmm. behavioral, cultural, right? There's always going to be certain people who are the ones to do it, but you always have to have someone who starts it. You know, no one wants to be the first person doing something new. Or not many people want to be the first person doing something new. Sitting with that, it just didn't feel, because the idea is that children are agents of change, which makes sense. But once I was there and just sort of surveying the situation, if you have these deep ingrained behavioral, cultural norms that you're trying to change, it made the most sense to me that you would start at the teenage level because teenagers are the hardest ones to get. And if we started in the elementary school, the secondary school and the older kids wouldn't think it was cool because the younger kids did it. But if you started with the older kids, 
then the younger kids would think it was cool and want to be doing what those kids did, and then the younger kids would then bring it home to their parents, and the older kids would bring it home to their parents with actual information. So it just seemed perfect, actually, to start at that age. Um, so you're coming at it from both sides. You have a family with a teenager coming home with actual information about why washing hands is good. And then you have little kids coming home and they don't know why they're doing it, but they're excited about it. And so they're telling their parents, we've got to wash our hands. Something that uh, the CEO said to me while we were there was, if one person, we built 27 hand washing stations while, while I was there. If one person uses the hand washing stations on their own accord, you have succeeded, which was not the kind of results I'm used to. Um, and there was one day when I went and there was no one knew I was coming and I showed up and there was one young man using the hand washing station. And I acknowledged him and I praised him many times in front of everyone. Um, and then my idea was, you know, you have... So we were trying to get the students to use the hand-washing stations before and after the restroom and before eating. Those were our hopes as far as the placement of them. And what was interesting was that it's in this uh, particular school, the students are managed minute by minute by their teachers. And so it was the teachers at that point who were going to have to step in and schedule time to wash your hands. So that's an unexpected something. Again, right. another one of those things that we take for granted. Exactly. Of course you have time. Right. Right. Well, in, in you know, when you have restrooms everywhere with running water everywhere, you don't necessarily schedule time to use a restroom to wash your hands. But when you have, there's seven stations, hand-washing stations set up in front of the primary school and the secondary school, and there's a hundred children. So you would have to schedule 10 minutes probably pre going to breakfast and lunch so that everyone could wash their hands. So that's a big adjustment. Another one of those steps to behavior change. Right. And when we talk about behavior change, you're not just talking about the individual. Right. You're not just talking about changing this habit. Right. You know, I'm going to, I decided I'm going to change a habit. Right. It's culturally ingrained. We're moving beyond that. Mm -hmm. Now it needs to be possible. Right. Without suffering consequences. Right. Well, and that's why it, at first when, Bud shared with me that if one student uses it, that was success. And I didn't, I couldn't comprehend that. But when you think about it in the accessibility uh, lens and the time lens, well, yeah, that one student stepped out of line, essentially, you know, he's given X amount of time for lunch, X amount of time for free time, you know, whatever that is, he made a decision that I'm going to take time out of whatever this other thing is that I'm supposed to do to go wash my hands. That's huge. So yes, if one person is a pioneer in that way, that they find it important and make it important to do it themselves, that is huge. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, I, 
I guess, if you have a handful of those, and then on the other end, you work with older people, the teachers in this case, who are more set in their ways and their beliefs are more ingrained, and you just come at it from all of those angles over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. We were playing a game with the children with uh, glow germ gel, which is apparently the highest technology, which I was not aware of, for um, teaching people about germs. And what it is, is it's this literally this glow gel that you can't see until it's under a black light. And so we covered a ball with this gel, played the game, had their student, and then showed everyone under a black light all the germs on their hands, washed their hands with water, germs still there, then had them wash their hands with soap and water and the germs were gone. And so it's a teaching tool to teach children specifically and adults too about the difference between hand washing with water and soap and water. And that in and of itself was so much fun, you know, because they had no idea what was going on. But what was so great was that after we played the game, one of the students, Mark, came up to me and he said, I want to know how you did that. You know, because he's he knows it's not really germs. Right. Um, I want to see I want to see what you did. And I was so touched and impressed by his interest um, and really how much it must have taken to come up and ask me that because I hadn't been there that long. So here am I, here I am, this stranger coming in, you know, doing this. Was that two days in? Two days in. Right. Um, two days in an entire lifetime. Right. All at the same time. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came up to me and wanted to know. And so I pulled him aside and I showed him the glow gel and I explained it to him. And, you know, I think in that, moment and I didn't realize it until this moment um and I told him when I was showing him the glow gel I said you know you want to be a doctor and doctors wash their hands all the time this is so important and that again is that personal reaching someone on a personal level he became the hand washing expert in that moment he ended up being in the hand washing workshop. He was the person who spoke in front of the whole school. He has this personal investment in hand washing. And as happens with every time Global Volunteers goes into a community, this is just the beginning. The magic is in the long-term commitment and the long-term partnerships that Global Volunteers forms in a community. It's that solid foundation and that commitment to long-term support that makes it all work. So now, as we plan for Team 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and so on, we hope that this year-long hand-washing campaign will send ripples through the community, tiny ripples of behavior change that could improve the health and quality of life for families in this little tiny village at the top of the mountain at the end of the road in Africa. Thank you so much for joining me on today's very special episode of the Be The Change podcast. If you'd like to learn more about anyone featured in today's episode, go to bethechange.blog. 
If you'd like to learn more about participating in a Global Volunteer Service Program, go to www.globalvolunteers.org. See you next time.